0: Welcome back to another episode of Shit That Goes On in Our Heads. I'm Dirty Skittles. And I'm here and with I'm G-Rex. Say it one more time. And I'm G-Rex. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest. It's Dirty Skittles' is dad, and he goes by Crazy Eight. Want to say hi, Crazy Eight?
1: Here in the house, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Crazy Eight. Do you want to tell people a little bit about who you are, what you do?
1: Um, yeah, without going into specifics. Yeah, without being specific. uh, yeah. Um, been a mental health uh, counselor, therapist uh, for about twenty-eight years um wow yeah so worked in almost every modality out there i I mean i worked in adult inpatient psychiatry um i ran a program for uh children an inpatient psychiatry unit um long-term care unit for uh children that have uh severe mental disorders um yeah i uh, in-home services, uh, you, yeah, I kind of addressed all the areas, including teaching at the, at the university level.
0: Nice. And now you're getting ready to retire.
1: Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when When is your last official day? Uh, Six weeks and two days. And G-Rex, what's your countdown? Uh, 14 working days
1: oh geez louise
2: (laughs) not that i'm counting or anything oh wait that was friday so monday is 13 working days nice Nice. i envy you (laughs) not that i'm counting or
1: anything cool so after
2: 28 years
1: you said yeah finally yeah Yeah. it's you know and it's it's not that that um, that I have anything against the field or what's going on in, in in the field itself. It's it's more that I think it's time for me to move on and leave room for the for the new generation. You're you know, nice. those other people that that want to get into the field and um, and you know that uh, your best teacher. And this is something I learned from being a, a young musician. Uh, your best school is the streets you know the best school is on hands uh you know the textbook will show you certain things but um it, it's uh people are not cookie cutter
0: yeah real life experiences that's yeah. what you learn right so i
1: had a lot of fun and um met some incredible people in my uh in my career uh some people that i hold dear you know uh, as mentors um you know, and I, I learned more from my patients than I did from anything else.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's actually huge. I never thought about it like that. hmm That's 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 huge. What is I don't know if you have like the biggest lesson you've learned from a patient, but is there something you can that comes to mind when I ask that? Like is there a big lesson you've learned? Yeah.
1: Um empathy. It's something that I learned uh, how some people are able to um, have that kind of level of empathy that that the average person wouldn't respond. For example, you know, someone loses uh, a family member to a tragedy, something that could have been prevented. Despite their loss, they're willing to forgive the offender.
0: Oh. Wow, like that's deep. Yeah, that hit real
2: deep. <laughs> it did. You know, and you know, even speaking about empathy, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on with work, I'm an empath. So the day that it happened, I was a complete mess. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't work anymore because I kind of took on their pain. Mm-hmm. I at the end of the week, I remembered that I needed to do some self care and some self love, and so I um just stopped responding to texts and and emails and messages. I'm like, this is not healthy because somebody else is going to pay for my, like, not taking care of myself. Mm. And it was either going to be my coworkers, my wife, somebody I see on the street. I'm probably going to blurt out, like, you're a fucker (laughs) and not really mean it, but, like, I I would need to get it out. So, yeah, empathy is huge, huge. And it's also, and when you're an empath... You also need to remember, like, take care of yourself, right? Because taking on all everybody else's emotions and the hurt and everything, it can really drain you.
1: Yeah, if you're not well, you can't take care of anybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Really, all you're doing is trying to cause harm. So, yeah, if 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 you're not well, you can't take care of anyone. Uh, actually, you might be causing more harm, you know, sure. to the other individual as well as yourself. It's all. It's all. Uh, I've gotten to the point in life and something that I've learned, you know, from one of my mentors, you know, uh, about 15 years ago, that, you know, what happened is just what's supposed to happen. Don't get stuck in the moment. Your life is a lot more fruitful than that second or those 20 seconds or those 20 minutes or those 20 hours.
0: Yeah, that's that's hard to remember because in that moment, it feels like this is the end of everything. Like, it's like everything is crushing. crushing We're emotional species. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, that's what we are. And when we have an emotion that's really charged, we're going to react to it.
2: I'm going to take a clip of this and I'm going to send it to you. Dirty Skittles. When I have every three days, I was (laughs) going (laughs) to,
0: I mean, completely selfishly when, when you're in that moment where it is very consuming, and it's hard to get out of that 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 thought or that headspace, is there a trick to sort of just rattle yourself out of it?
1: Well, not necessarily a trick, but you have to realize that if you're focusing on something that's already past, all you're doing is making your past your present. Oh. damn. You're, <laughs> you're ignoring your present.
2: That's right. I'm wagging my finger at you. <laughs> And I'm kind of wagging at myself, too. But yeah, and, and, I'm going to take hard, this yeah. whole little section and I'm going to just keep it on rewind. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. I mean, because of my military background, um, I ha- I know I'm very uh, rudimental. I- I'm very structured in certain things. And-, and I know when things get out of that structure, how I'm going to react. So it's something that I am aware. Of, and-, and I work on that. Because I know that I don't want the person to think that my reaction is appropriate because I know how I'm reacting. So it's something that I, you know, even though just because I'm in the field doesn't make me immune. I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. So these are little things that I do for myself because I want to enjoy the fruitfulness of life. We don't get to pick the day to go. So, um, yeah, it, you know, going outside and, and breathing the air, even though, you know, might have some contaminants, but what the <laughs> heck, you know, this is our home. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh I'm not the person that's going to be going to Mars or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, this is a, this is my home. I'm you know I'm going to enjoy the plants and y- the animals. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to to have more time when I retire, you know, I, I want to walk around and you know breathe the air and uh, observe nature um, and, and and try to do my best to you know preserve nature.
2: That's really awesome. I I like that a lot. That's part of the reason we moved from South Florida to upstate New York. Mm -hmm. You know, I can walk outside. I don't have any air pollution. I don't have any noise pollution. It just snaps me out unless it's like minus 20 and then I don't go outside.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, But do you have those days that even though it's minus 20, you can look out the window and see the beauty?
2: Yes. Yeah, I can look right outside my hill. We have a herd of about 40 deer that come and eat out of our backyard. And any point in the day, I can just look up and there'll be like two or three deers just snacking on the hill. That's
0: nice. Kind of speaking of, uh, you briefly mentioned your military background. And I wondered if, I I mean, just for the listeners that are tuning in, my husband and I are in the middle of a, a move to Georgia. And we'll, before we can actually move to Georgia, we're, we're staying with my parents and staying with my parents is, I mean, I love it because I'm, I'm close to my family, but I noticed that in the morning, every morning, you have a routine. When you get up and you can go work out, you head to the gym. Can mm-hmm. you tell us why, that, why you think that that's important for your mental health?
1: Well, there is plenty of research studies that show the connection between physical health and mental health you know everything from your cardiovascular systems to you know your sensory systems for me i do it because it helps me clear my mind it gets me started for the day and it's a routine that i've had since gosh 1977 when i went into active duty mm-hmm. But it it has been a health prescription that um, helps me clear my mind. You know, there are days that, again, being human, just like everybody else, there's days that I have difficulty sleeping. You know, there's things that start to preoccupy me. And and they might be realistic or unrealistic. Uh, It might be memories or nightmares. So I go through those routines and, you know, when you're deprived from sleep, your functioning level decreases. So going to the gym has been an assistance in allowing me to, you know, run and exercise my body to the point to when it's time to sleep, I have taught it to sleep. So I have a routine, you know. I I go to bed at the same time, and, and I you know I don't drink liquids after nine thirty. And I mean, there, I have a certain routine that I do that that gets me you know the sleep you know more consistently than than you know not doing it.
2: That really rings true for me. So when I went through my mental breakdown on Christmas Day, like the very next day, I saw a therapist. Mm-hmm. and they suggested to go to the gym. So I, I did. I was very faithful about going to the gym for a month until I had to have um, dental surgery, and then I couldn't go mm-hmm. the, because I had a mouthful of stitches. But the the real reason I went to the gym was to make my head stop. Like, it would that would be the only thing I would think of. I didn't want to fall off the treadmill, and I didn't want to drop a weight on my foot, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I had visions of that, Like, I'm on the treadmill. I'm like, shit, I'm going to fall because, you know, my fat ass hasn't worked out for, like, 15 years, okay? (laughs) So now I get on the treadmill, and I just walk it out, and um, I actually miss it. I miss going to the gym because it was part of my routine, right? I would work all day. At 535, I'd be on my way to the gym. I'd work out for an hour, and I didn't really have a goal, right? I didn't want to lose weight. I don't want to get in shape. I just want the shit in my head to stop because mm. that's the only time I could get the
0: merry-go-round to stop
2: mm.
0: for even like half an hour. That reminds me of um, when I lived in Georgia and I started, you know, like everybody does, right? It's it's the first day of the new year, and I'm like, this is the year I'm going to get it together. I'm going to the gym, and I signed up for a a, a gym that had what they tell like what they marketed as an intro to boxing and i'm like that's what i need because i've got a lot of anger issues i need to just beat the shit out of a bag real quick and i'll be great uh fast forward to like that this was like a an actual training gym for professional fighters and mma (laughs) fighters and boxers that were going there to improve their technique And I roll in, literally, my roly-poly body just kind of shows up. And they're like, what is this lady doing here? But you know what? They took my money for the membership. So, I mean, (laughs) I became a member of this MMA gym and realized quickly my skill set wasn't up to par. But there was a weight trainer. And I love him to death. And I pray and hope that he's actually still there. Because when we move back to Georgia, I'm signing up. And it's it's funny, but I, I say it to say that. When I started weight training with this person,
1: they're probably thinking, "Hey, she's gonna go home and beat up her husband." <laughs> we're you know what? With this lady coming there in. were a
0: couple of jokes like, "You don't need your husband to move that. Look at you with these muscles now. You're gonna go in there." But um, I started weight training with him, and I I remember I had like it was the first day, and I was just picking up just the the barbell. There wasn't even weight on it, and I was struggling physically. And I noticed mentally I was breaking. Cause I was like mentally I thought I was stronger physically than I actually was. Like I didn't realize I think how, those are fifteen pounds. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> like I didn't realize itself. how out of shape I was and I left the gym that day trying to just walk. Because I mean the guy worked me out good. Like my I couldn't walk. My legs were made of rubber and I was like look, I may not be physically fit, but I am prideful and I'm going to walk my ass out of this gym. And I cried. I called my mom in the car and I was crying because I was breaking down. I was like, it was it was the realization that physical and mental were together. And even though I couldn't lift the bell physically, mentally, I was doubting myself. And I was like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, how, how is this my That is
1: exactly what's supposed to happen.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: That's exactly, it's your body talking to you and mm-hmm. telling you, realization, here it is. Yeah. If you want to do this, you got to do X. It's but, tough. you know, you don't have to be an adamant exerciser. You know, the, the, some recent s- studies showed that you really need only le- between 11 to 20 minutes of a workout daily, and it doesn't necessarily need to be, um, you know, lifting weights, you know, everything from, you know, a a slight jog to, you know, going upstairs, uh, cutting the lawn. So doing something that is an active routine to the point to where you're breathing normally, but you're not breathing good enough to sing.
2: I like that the other thing that you know about going to the gym is because i've worked from home right now for three years right so now i never wear a bra the only time i wear a bra now is to go to the gym because if i have to end up running i don't (laughs) want (laughs) to die something's gonna slap me in the face and (laughs) we're gonna die and we're gonna roll off the treadmill the two things that i don't want to do i don't three i don't want to die at the gym I don't want to roll off the treadmill, and I don't want to drop a weight. But I got to the point that you did. So I was working out with a 17-year-old, right? Okay, full of testosterone, like, oh, I'm going to pump it up. He's like, come on, let's do squats. So I'm like, the fuck we are? Okay, my <laughs> whole ass is burning while we're doing this. He's like, hold it for three three or more seconds. Nope. I sprouted up. I'm like, you know what? Pre-workout is done. I'm going to go back to the treadmill. You do whatever you need to do. In your 70 year old, like testosterone filled body, just get away from me. Yep. So then he comes and stands next to me on the treadmill and starts running. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I look at him I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, <laughs> I need to get my cardio in. I'm like, you can walk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting your sweat on me. Ew. <laughs>
1: yes. That reminds me of that uh, Sebastian Maniscalco joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's there's eight treadmills and he decides to stand next to my one fucking right next to
0: treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff.
1: Yeah, But, you know, go, when you go, go for yourself. You know, I, I, I see the same thing to the gym that I go. I mean, you know, I see these guys that are on the juice and you got all these people that are, you know, uh, that that are working hard, you know, at having a, a you know a physique that is very athletic, you know, but they're they're not sixty eight like me. So when you turn my age, if you look that way, then I'm impressed. In the meantime, I really don't give a flying fuck what you look like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there's got to be more to it, right? Because going to the gym. Like, like you mentioned like you'll see people that are physically fit but like mentally they're not they're not all there no they're they're struggling
1: and you have the group that goes there for socializing you know it's a meat market yeah you know some of these some of these uh big you know box gyms that's what they are you know it's uh they're catering to the young population and you know the, they go there a part of them or go to socialize. Again, when you when you start doing the athletic piece, don't worry about what other people. You want to focus on, is my body changing? And always look at improvement. You know, start with one part. Don't get yourself all crazy about, you know, doing bench presses and squats and curls and this and that. You know, focus on something first, you know, uh, I I mean, during COVID I gained almost a hundred pounds. Jesus. Um, yeah. So now I'm down to one seventy nine, one eighty, which, you know, for my height it's not bad. But yeah, I mean I during COVID because you couldn't go anywhere. You know, and at home I couldn't really have the motivation other than doing rubber band exercises, but I couldn't do any cardio. Mm-hmm and when you're sitting at home and couldn't do that and working I'm sitting all the time. Yeah. I didn't have the the movement to do the cardio. So when I got back to the gym, I didn't lift weights or none of that for about 2 weeks. I just got on the treadmill and start walking. Yeah and and that's really how I I just started. From that then I moved to the bike. You know, and then I would alternate so I wouldn't get bored. I would do, you know, Five minutes or ten minutes on the bike, and five or ten minutes on the treadmill, and then I would start slowly. So, yeah, I, and I don't go there for an hour. I go do my exercises and get the hell out. I'm not there to comp- compete with anybody. I'm. I want to make sure that my body is going in a direction that I'm that I'm wanted to go.
0: Besides working out physically, mm-hmm. for those that are listening, and you know, maybe this is ringing true to them as much as it is for G Rex and I. <laughs> our producer will edit that out um the brain is a muscle too right yes so besides working out in the gym mental health requires a little bit more effort yeah. in that area
1: yeah well for the brain here's the workouts i do um i do a lot of zen meditation and really it's it's a way of breathing like you know most meditations are but it's really doing more a metacognition exercise. You're really focusing on yourself, what your inner feelings are and what are they connected to and how do you solve those problems. When I do Zen meditation, which is something that I discovered uh, and I thought it was out of the ordinary, I get very emotional mm. Interesting. Uh, doing that exercise. So it was something that I look at it more like, it helps me cleanse, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It, it helps me cleanse. Uh, so I'm able to breathe again and start a new day. Not carrying around baggage. Not carrying around baggage, you know, because, again, the field that I am, um, that's all I'm hearing every day, you know. And we, we clinicians suffer from compassion fatigue. It's, it's something that, that we have to be careful with.
0: Yeah. yeah I would imagine things would get real hairy if you didn't work work through yeah, compassion compassion fatigue.
1: fatigue, and if you don't take care of that, then it becomes vicarious traumatization, which is almost like a form of p t s d so you start having those same symptoms because of the experiences that you've heard other people suffer through you know once you hear something that affects you emotionally, your brain basically creates a scar without a memory. So once you see it, you can't unsee it.
2: You know, Dirty Skittles, I wonder if this this is something that we suffer from too, a little bit, just a tiny bit of PTSD. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you and I are both very passionate about what we do, right? Mm -hmm. We're passionate about the people we work with. You know, day after day after day, for like the last two years, we've been pounded with just stuff that doesn't seem right right a lot of that a lot of that I internalize right because my you know I'm gonna be 60 so a lot of what I was taught is you know all my life is you just shove that shit down as far as it can go right and don't you know let it out until you know Christmas day rolls around and you're like fuck it I'm done one of the things I've learned just through my own therapy is that you know my cortisol, It was all messed up, right? Like so, Mm -hmm. for like three years, I didn't do shit, right? Laid around the house, watched TV, shoveled some snow. But as soon as I started laughing more and exercising more, my serotonin went up. Mm -hmm. And the more that my serotonin is up, the happier I am. But I'm finding it's a hard balance, right? Because unless if I'm not laughing, I'm just done. I like I have zero fucks to give.
1: That attitude. Look at all the stuff that I mean. I hate to say it, but you know, we're walking around a lot of strange people. <laughs> you know, we, we still have people that are scared of the number 13, all right, <laughs> or walking under a ladder. You know, even though there's no documented death of someone walking under a ladder, but you know, uh, it's even buildings you go to elevators they have a 13th floor which is their storage but there's no 13 button on the elevator Uh, so you know that's we got some strange people walking around so
0: especially in florida
1: uh, you you, (laughs) uh so you know I, i what i try to tell you know the people that i come across in my lifetime is that you? You can't make other people's problem your problem. You can listen to them. You can definitely empathize with it, but don't make it your problem because you can, you have enough of your own. You know, life is going to throw monkey wrenches at you all the time. You know, don't don't make it your problem. You know, if you continue to enable someone by assisting them, they're never going to learn. How to cope with those situations, so you know it's 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 um it's more helpful for someone to understand that um, and that's why you know my the clientele that I would get would come to me because I wouldn't paint the pretty picture um, I'm not just only hearing what you're saying, but I'm reflecting back to you. What is it that needs to happen to solve this? You know, because is it based on a reality, or is it based on a, based on an opinion? What I always ask people is, can you give me an example of of what's a reality? And most individuals struggle with giving me an example. And I give them one example: gravity. I take a pen, pick it up, and drop it on the floor, and tell them I can get everybody in this building, bring them in here. I would do the same thing, and I guarantee you every time that pen's gonna hit the floor. That's reality. Now, what's an opinion? Oh, tacos are better than burgers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know uh, the problem is that, you know, our brain is a muscle that is used to accustom and format, and a lot of it has to deal with the way we feel. So, if you're thinking messed up, you feel messed up, you act messed up. So, sometimes those opinions, because we're so passionate about our belief, we think that that opinion is a fact.
0: There's two things you said. So, in my therapy, where I'm at, I've been in therapy for over a year. And one of the hugest, the hugest kind of breakthrough moment for me was understanding that not everything is my burden to carry. No. So once I yeah. once I found once I found that spot in my life I was able to let go of a lot of stuff. And then the second thing that that followed after that was being able to realize if I like I'll take a very perfect example if I'm just in a bad mood, being able to internally like look at myself like how how am I feeling? Have I felt this way before? And what what was the situation before because a lot of what i found was that i had these beliefs Mm. that had nothing to do with the reality of the situation it was something that triggered a memory a thought a feeling a belief from something way back when and realizing like oh this isn't the same thing was i'm still working to make that muscle stronger Mm. but it's been very 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 helpful to sort of get into better place
1: yeah emotional we're emotional species when i have those feelings the same way i my first thing is what is the scenario in my brain that's causing this feeling you know because i need to look at what is it you know and is it based on a fact or is it based on an opinion because it's going to make a difference on how should i be feeling and how i should i react so it you know it's an exercise that you know I do um, and I teach it because you know it's one of those things that once you learn it um you don't need a prescription for it, you don't need a refill, and it applies to every decision in your life, every decision uh you know that no one has to make an instantaneous decision unless it's life or death in the meantime, you can wait i'll let you know my answer. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> You know what's funny? What's funny, but not funny, is um, so you know prior to Christmas Day, like I hadn't opened up to my wife at all, right? Because I couldn't find my voice, couldn't find my voice, couldn't find my footing, nothing. And so, about two weeks ago, you know, she asked me, she's like, you know, you're you're finally laughing and you're like back to your old self, but she's like, give me a code word when I know so that I know that you're not in in the right headspace, right? So. I gave her the word purple because I'm never going to fucking use that word again, right? I'm, I'm going to use it when I, I need to get out of the house, get out of my head, do something. Because she felt really bad, right? Because I couldn't open up to her. And so when I started going to the gym, she started seeing that I was a lot happier, right? I would come home. I, I was talkative. I open up about my day. I wasn't s- saddling all of this crap that was hap- happening around me. And it's my, it's my outlet. And I I think it's really important that you find that kind of outlet. I don't care if it's going to the gym. I don't care if it's walking up your hill. You want to come to my house and climb up my stairs 47,000 times a day, you can do that too. But it's an outlet. And I think that everybody needs to find that outlet so that you're not letting your emotions ruin your life, right? Because one, one bad word or one that emotion is going to change your entire life or your entire trajectory.
1: Correct, correct. Yeah, you know we're humans. We make we make mistakes. Perfection is again uh, very subjective. You know what's perfect for one person is not perfect for the other. So that's it's uh, in the eye of the beholder. I look at it uh, in what I again preach to everyone: life is very precious. Let's not get caught up in the bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's plenty of that out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, enjoy your life. You know, share the love with the people that you love. Uh, You know, have a good time when you can. You don't live to work. You work to live. So, yeah, uh, attitude has a lot to do with it and you know, every morning I get up and I'm just, like, grateful that I can sit up and take nourishment because, you know, I didn't have to wake up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not my decision. (laughs) 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 You know? So it's like, shoot, I got another day, man. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I go in with the attitude and, you know, and then I might have a rough day and I come home and I just chill. You know, the moment I walk through the door... I I don't bring the stuff home anymore, you know, and if I need to chill, then I chill. I just do whatever I need to do to relax. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't bring that. I don't carry that anymore. It's not, it doesn't belong to me.
2: Well, I've learned so much in this, this whole podcast. Like we need to have you back. (laughs) Now I
0: have, now I have tools for myself. I really, I do. This has been the most legit advice we've, Discussed ever <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's good advice and it's you know things that i can take to heart right mm-hmm. because you know retirement is creeping up on me a little bit faster than i thought it would
1: mm-hmm.
2: and yes i have a plan it's scary it's a little it's I'm very you, scary yeah,
1: I, I, i'm going through the same thing you know uh, uh, you know rest assured it's a uh, it's not a unique situation Uh, it's, it's scary. And I've talked to other people that, uh, you know, that have retired and they're like, yeah, man, you know, it's it's a scary situation, but I'm ready. Yeah. You know, I, I've survived worse than this. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, I'll take the next step, you know, and I got no problem. If I got to go back to work, I'll go back to work. Um, but I think that, you know, things are in the place where they need to be. Thank God. So we're going to take that step. I want to spend more time with my grandkids and and my kids and my wife and, you know, i want to go back and play golf. I want to take care of my own lawn so I don't have to pay a, someone to cut my <laughs> doggone lawn. Um, yeah, yeah. And I want to, you know, do some gardening because, you know, lettuce at Publix is very expensive. <laughs> Son of a bee. Um yeah. So yeah. Then you know, doing COVID, I was I, I planted my own stuff and grew some stuff, and um, but then I had to go back to work. And there you go. You know, <laughs> the economic and slavery. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I, I share your your sentiments. Don't think that uh, I'm not fearful. We're we're fearful, but you know what? Keep your head down. You did not get this far by luck or coincidence, miss.
0: Mm -hmm. So if there was one bit of advice that you could leave our listeners with, um, not that, I mean, this whole episode, I feel, has been so fruitful, but one bit of advice, what would you say?
1: Oh, gosh. Don't sweat the small stuff. You know, there's, you know, uh, there's going to be mistakes. You know, uh, we've all made mistakes, but mistakes are not failures. Mm. You can't look at it that way. Because those bad decisions and mistakes have made you the person you are today. Yep. So that's not a failure. You know, those are some of those decisions had to be survival skills. Mm. Don't knock that down. You know, keep your head up and tell the rest of the people to fuck off.
0: There
2: you go. Yes. That's yes. how we have to edit you. That is the best <laughs> advice ever.
0: It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone.